2: Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 140. And this week, I am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest, Mr. Kevin Brown of the Bad Wrestling Podcast. What's up, Kevin?
1: Um, Nothing much. Nothing much. I've been uh, watching a lot of this crap (laughs) lately. Way too much. This is like the most I've watched in ages like i was i just gave up on ever catching up on like most of the promotions i was like half interested in yeah but now i'm just up on all of them
2: i'm i don't know what i've been doing i was trying to think about this before i came on i guess lately i've just been watching a lot of high score girl which is a this anime it's on netflix that's really really good um like i got through all 15 for all 15 episodes of season one slash the ova and like about um i guess about a day so that was uh you know i just been watching a lot of that stuff you know um it's a, it's a really good show if anyone listening to this is either an anime fan in general or especially if you love if you grew up like if you're like my age you know in your early 30s and you grew up with um you know like 90s gaming or if you're older i guess and you grew up at like 90s like japanese arcade games and fighting games and all that stuff like you'll absolutely love the show because it's like it has this i mean look the show could have skated by on its nostalgic because the nostalgia is so fucking accurate and like they have real game footage and you know it just feel even as an american there's so much stuff in this show where i'm just like you know, this is literally my childhood. like, you know, I remember the first time, like the first episode, there's this thing where he, he's the main characters playing as guile and he's doing what they call machi guile, which, you know, they translate as guile turtling. And, like, and it's like, that is literally what my brother would do when we played street fighter two growing up. Like my little brother would always play guile and he would always like crouch. And if you got near him, because he's crouching, he's holding for both the charge attacks, so you could either do the fucking flip kick or the sonic boom, and it was so fucking annoying. So I definitely uh, that gave me flashbacks. So that was that was great. But like even beyond the nostalgia aspect, like the show is just really incredibly well well written and has a lot of great characters and is you know the the love triangle is really good. So all that stuff is great. Uh, definitely recommend the show. I, I assume you haven't seen it because you haven't seen anything, but.
1: No, I have not I don't I've never been into fighting games like the first competitive video game I was into was starcraft and then it was just like dota and things like that.
2: I think the show is still good even if you're not even if you didn't play that stuff but if I you believe did, it can,
1: is i've I've yeah. just never heard of it probably because I'm not into that.
2: yeah but uh it's on Netflix it's I'm sure you can find the fan subs online like you know there's two seasons so far. so I'm in the middle of season two now. But yeah, that's, that's, I guess, is what I've been doing. And so far I haven't been, I'm still, I guess the weekly update, I still haven't been laid off on my job, even though it's very inconsistent how much work I have to actually do. Like there are days where I'm sitting here and, you know, I start at 10 a.m. And my job is, other than checking in a few times on the inbox, my job is basically done by like 11 a.m. So I'm just, and I'm getting paid for the whole day. So uh, yeah, please don't listen to this employer. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what mine was. But um, they basically just gave up and tried to lay everyone off. The problem is, I'm on a contract, so they can't do that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So I'm basically getting paid until August to do nothing.
2: Oh, that's good. But yeah, I mean, I. So, but there are also days where they give me some giant writing assignment or like working on like this survey thing we did that took forever, or just like we get a ton of voicemails and emails from members of the organization I work for. So there are days where I'm busy, but I'd say like of a five day week, it's like two days <laughs> where I'm actually busy uh, and three days where I could sit here and watch anime or watch old wrestling or whatever. It's really, that's really all I've been doing, I guess, and studying. I'm, I'm trying to get back on my Japanese studies too, but you know, it's, I, of, I find um, it. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, speaking of anime, have we ever talked about my favorite anime on here?
2: Uh, what's your favorite anime?
1: Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Have you ever watched that?
2: The original? I don't think. Yes.
1: so. Yes. You've never seen the, it?
2: No, I saw the second, the one they did recently. I saw like a little bit of.
1: But Which I, I have it. never seen, but you have to watch the original one.
2: Isn't it like 500 episodes? Or something? No,
1: it's only about a. It's only about 120.
2: Really, I thought it was really long. Maybe I'm confusing it with yeah. something else.
1: But I'm you of all people, never seeing this surprises me.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen it. So we we also could talk about Titan. Do you know that time that you were on here and we like I forget spoiled what the
1: entire plot of Attack right. on Titan. So it
2: was it was like a G one episode. did Anyone ever me... get
1: mad about that? Yeah, because we oh, yeah, like okay, what the plot this, of that.
2: This is what I was about to tell you. So it was me, you, and Jack. Uh, Jack Beckman from the Voice Wrestling site and we did like a G1 episode i think right i think yeah and i
1: believe he left and then we were going to do it for like 10 minutes but we did it for 40
2: no no no. he stayed on the line the entire time oh that was a cr- so he stayed on the line like sitting there blinking because he's not an anime fan he does not watch it and while we went over the attack on titan plot in the manga and like i don't know what to say like it was uh i, I we clearly said we are now going to talk about the attack on titan manga do not keep listening if you do not want to be spoiled. If you're watching yeah, no, the we, anime,
1: we explicitly said we are going to give all the spoilers. Turn it off if you don't want to know them. Like I got like I, I feel got, no like, I feel zero like, guilt for this.
2: I still got like three. We complaints. couldn't have
1: been more explicit.
2: <laughs> I still got like three complaints of like why did you spoil the entire show? I'm like we we fucking told you it was in the title. Also, I think you could just not listen to the episode. But yeah, we could. Uh, I haven't p- been keeping up with the insanity that is on titan i don't oh, know you if have is, it. Is it What's over the,
1: um no right now i would say it's with it has to end before the anime is supposed to start this fall i assume with everything going on in the world now it's just not going to like i think they've delayed most of that stuff
2: yeah they delayed a lot of big shows um, so where, where it, is, zero got delayed
1: yeah i know that got delayed i know they're putting the one piece anime on hiatus Oh
2: wow! and
1: that's like never happened in 20 years
2: yeah, wow. Well,
1: They've I mean, trucked on still, with that for so long.
2: There is still anime airing this season, and there's still like a... I don't know if it's how, how down it is from what it usually is, but there's still like, I don't know, a bunch of shows, so...
1: But yeah, I don't know. I some stuff, stuff that's, that's, that's done going. already is probably airing, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't so. know anything about the, the industry, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think some shows are still being worked on. I, do, I think it just depends on the office.
1: <laughs> yeah, but... um. It was clearly supposed to end probably September or October. Now maybe it'll be December or January. Mm-hmm. But it's they're at the end.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I won't.
1: I won't spoil any points since yeah. you haven't read it in a while. Without this early mean, yeah. into the episode, I'll wait till the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's. Uh, it, it, all I will say is the last thing I. The last thing I read was, I was. I just had no idea what was going on. So, but that's pretty typical for. <laughs> attack on titan in the last year or so like okay
1: i mean they're running out of chapters and they still haven't explained like any of the plot points
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh i love it it's uh it's,
1: it's perfect dumb. it's they have stuck on doing this for so long just exactly the same but they're never going to explain any of it they're just not yeah.
2: I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they, they stop not even. Okay, I shouldn't say that actually, because then there's four other people will yell at me. But yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't want to
1: get the. We don't <laughs> want to listeners. I don't want the listeners to hate you. i
2: just oh, here's something I can say. It's not a spoiler. How the fuck are they going to cover all the shit in like even a like a double season? They're going to cover um, all, all the shit in 26 episodes. Because remember when I left think off?
1: what the I think what the oh I can't say what I think they're going to do because it's too big a spoiler
2: okay is so we' we'll, t- we'll talk
1: about it after I think I think they're just I think they're gonna chop one part that could be like six or seven episodes into an episode or two and then do the rest at the normal pace
2: okay because like there's... I think
1: like the first thing that that th- that happens after the beat oh, you know right, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna oh, chop it all together because oh, especially thing... as the story goes on like it's clear that was really pointless
2: well completely pointless yeah I know exactly so mm-hmm. you're talking about the first thing that happens after where the anime left off yes yeah that's I why mean, I, I think
1: i think you can chop that into literally one or two episodes and then do the rest at normal pace and you can get it and like you can honestly probably... i think you can do it in 12 and it would be better I, I think they're gonna milk this one to the end though this is a pretty big cash cow
2: yeah you could probably chop the entire thing you're we're talking about the entire arc into like a fucking flashback at the start of an episode is really well. But I mean, it has nothing to do with the rest of the fucking
1: plot. They could not show it, honestly. I mean, no, like, yeah, you could you could literally not show it and I don't
0: had, like, you, need
1: to, you need to introduce those characters, but you don't need to give their full backstory and especially up to the point we are, like I, I think you're fine in not giving those characters backstories.
2: Yeah, they, they don't they're they they're completely meaningless. I don't know what I don't know why he did. I don't know why he wrote it that way. I mean and
1: you've read it all you like they they did pretty good on pacing the politics arc which was very similar in terms of going on for fucking ever and being completely <laughs> unnecessary and they did they did a pretty good job with that so i think they might be able to i think yeah. they can squeak. i think they'll figure it out they've generally figured out how to work with his material to their credit like as stupid as some as some of the materials been they've gotten mostly good shows out of it
2: i i remember like when i first started reading ahead of the anime and you know the, the first thing i read i guess was like uh it would have been like all that stuff with the beast titan right i think that was like the next thing after the yeah so
1: ended. the first season ended like yeah. right before the, the beast with them titan. fighting
2: the wall titan which well, that plot point sure fucking <laughs> meant a lot but anyway uh but yeah they, they fight the beast titan or whatever but like then that politics arc started and i remember just being like what is going on? Like, why is this going on for so long? Like, because it was already over by the time I read it. I just kept reading. I think it.
1: people that don't, people that only watched it, are never going to have any idea how <laughs> fucking long that was. It's,
2: it was It was like a year and a half, wasn't it? Yes, it was like something insane. I'm just, and I, I read it all after the fact, but still, I'm just like, how fucking long is this going to go? i just, it just went on and on and on. And like, to to be clear, even if you don't watch this show, okay, or read my note that we're talking about. The show is called Attack on Titan. It's about, or Shingeki no Kyojin. It's about the Titans. Okay?
1: Yes, that's that's the core plot. That's the entire draw of this show. That, like...
2: There are no Titans in this entire 18-month arc until, like, the last two chapters when the guy turns into one.
1: Yeah, and I don't... um, People (laughs) might not even remember now how popular this show was in America. Yeah. Like, before... On the first run of that season, that was, like, what, 2011, 2012? Yeah. Like, it was super popular. Yeah. I was That was. I was I still in high school then, and everybody watched that. Like, yeah. people who would never, ever admit to watching this kind of stuff were just all in on it. It was, like, as popular as, like, HBO shows and shit
2: it broke among through, people my age. I mean, I had been an anime fan for a long time by that point already, and that was the first thing I could remember breaking through like at naruto levels basically where like people who didn't watch like since naruto like people who don't watch anime one so
1: yeah and it was like an older we talk about what we came here to talk about though <laughs> okay so uh we're gonna you... have to time stamp this and then we're gonna go back into the <laughs> at the end again somehow i'm sure because we can every time i talk to you we can never resist talking about this shit
2: because it's like this insane thing that both of us have spent so much of our lives on and we have no real explanation for why. Because I guess
1: I watched it when the first show came out, which is I think 2011 or 2012. And then I looked up like, Oh, is there going to be more episodes? And the internet basically said no, but it's like a few years ahead in material if you wanted to read it. So yeah. All right. It's not particularly hard to find this, that kind of thing online. So I just read it all.
2: And, uh, it's,
1: uh... <laughs> it's still yeah, here. It will not that, go away.
2: That 18-month thing, like I said, you just have to think about it like what if they made – the? I, I don't know if they do this or not. Maybe I'm being an idiot actually, but I never watched The Walking Dead. But I'm assuming The Walking Dead did not go a year and a half with no zombies.
1: At um, I have also never watched The Walking Dead, so I okay. don't know. But, but yeah, judging I... by how I hear people talking about The Walking Dead, I actually wouldn't be surprised at that. Okay.
2: Because it did get really because bad I know right?
1: some people – I know people I know that watch that really hate that show.
2: Okay. So maybe it's a bad example.
1: Maybe all this yeah, shit – Yeah, I actually think stuff. that might be true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard that, like, specifically.
2: <laughs> so I'm revealing I do not watch American television, everybody. That was just the first example I could think of where, like, obviously – like, Yeah,
1: it's like if Game of Thrones – I was going to say that if Game of Thrones went a full season without something else, those people – like, But everyone hated that show, too. <laughs> The, All that's
2: these kind of Everybody, watch High Score Girls. The only good show. If
1: Breaking Bad went a full season without meth. Let's go with.
2: Yeah. People like that show, right? I've never seen that either. Yeah.
1: I think people – I as far as I'm aware, people are pretty happy with, like, the full
2: – Do you watch American television?
1: Like, do you watch any of that um, stuff? I've seen that. I saw it a few years ago, but not very much.
2: I think the last – I was trying to think in my head – the last American TV show I've watched all the way through recently is The Sopranos, probably. But, like, way, way after the fact. But, yeah, that was the last thing I've watched, like, all the way yeah,
1: through. Yeah, that's how, I don't know, like, the Netflix show. Like, ever, all the TV, it's either HBO or Netflix. And I never, I'm not, like, a like a high fantasy person, so I just never had any interest in Game of Thrones.
2: Yeah, I never watched that either. So
1: You never really had any interest in that from the start and mm-hmm. the other Cat- ones like breaking bad was pretty good. Uh I never saw I never watched the walking dead, never really cared about zombies. Yeah, I have
2: a lot of friends that watch that and I'm just like, okay. I don't
1: know. Never I had the a dead. lot of friends, but I they all complained about that for so long and I think they finally <laughs> given it. I didn't know it was still on because I everyone I knew gave up on it. Oh yeah. I didn't
2: know it was But
1: apparently now I know it's on because now that Twitter is always posting wrestling ratings, and, like information on ratings. I always see how good it does.
2: So Man, people rest, watch it still. That's a that's actually a good transition because we're going to get into – so if you didn't listen last week, we have a new format called Five Matches, which is what we're actually going to talk about. I don't know how long we just rambled about <laughs> a bunch of shit.
1: Um, but, I'm going to say probably about 30 minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, the Five Matches stuff we're going to talk about here, um, it's basically because I don't really like – the well i okay i probably said it too strongly some some fucking guy got very angry at me on twitter for saying that nobody likes the empty arena shit and he was like oh i think it's great i think you can uh enjoy the show without a crowd blah 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 like I, that really wasn't the point of what I was trying to say anyway. But I was more just saying like... I'll, I'll you know, take the
1: strong stance here if you want. It fucking sucks and <laughs> nobody likes it.
2: <laughs> if, I, will look, ta-
1: I will take this stance. take
2: this No, no few... I'm
1: not because it's true. You've seen the, the viewership numbers on this shit. Nobody's <laughs> it. Well, that's what I'm about to happens.
2: say. Nobody's watching. And look, I've made this theory before. I actually think the viewership numbers are even worse than they look. I made this theory in the voice wrestling flag, actually. I don't know if I made it in public. But like, I know some people... Who never watched wrestling, as far as I know, who are like sports people who are watching this stuff because there's no other live sports on. So, if that's the case, if they because people, I think people assume that no one is doing that. And anecdotally, I know several people who are doing that. So, if my anecdotal evidence is uh can be spread out among the entire country, um, you know, if if that's correct, that's even worse, I think, because those people. Like, okay, like, I, I just shout him out. I'll never, I'll never hear this anyway. My friend Dan, you know, who normally... I never heard him watch wrestling before this. Uh, he has shown no interest in it. He mostly, when he wa- talks about watching WWE now, he mostly just laughs at it. The moment an actual sport comes back, you know, that he likes, the moment there's baseball, the moment there's hockey, the moment there's basketball, whatever the fuck, he is never watching this again. So that viewer right now means almost nothing. On the other hand they've run off so like that would mean if they have a bunch of dans they've run off even more of the current fan base than we fucking think because they're down like you said around two million or under they are they were
1: under two for raw and i think for all three just came the smackdown just came out at 2.1 so that's basically there too
2: yeah. And so they, especially
1: run up- with network TV, you really have to consider how much of that there's. A, there's a block, and there's gonna, and it's probably a significant block too of people on that one that sh- exclusively just tuned out people who left the TV on from from new, from the news.
2: Yeah. So let's just say, let's say conservatively, they're getting like five hundred thousand dance right, five hundred thousand people that are just watching this shit that don't normally watch it because there's nothing else on. That means they ran off like I don't know what 1.5 million people <laughs> who are normal watchers, and you don't know if those people are gonna come back. Whenever no, um... I
1: mean every time they lose viewers, they never get them all back. They'll get yeah. some of them back. Yeah, they always get some of them back, and like you can't even blame them for this because it's not e- for once it's not even like WWE's the only well, then, well, the one COVID, putting on bad. Shows. We
2: can't blame them for the COVID shit, but I mean, those they are the worst of the Empty Arena people, probably.
1: I, I don't think so. I, yeah. I mean, I said this, like, I think of what I've seen, Raw might be the best of the Empty Arena shows, as insane as that is to say. And like right, I also right. said in the pre-recording, NXT is miles away the worst.
2: Right, well, NXT's ratings are... Down a little bit, I guess. But they weren't exactly fucking killing it beforehand. And AEWs are down, but not nearly as down as Raw and SmackDown. I think they're doing, like, what? Like-
1: AEW seems to at least be sitting at the same spot, which Raw yeah, and SmackDown they're like, aren't. They're just losing more every week.
2: Yeah, AEW is, like, consistently doing, like, 650, I think. And, you know, before this, they were consistently doing, like, 900. So that's a drop, but, I mean, it's not like it's...
1: as If they stay there, at least there's the hope that you'll get... they don't keep losing viewers at least you know like okay we have these many people that are just engaged enough that won't and hopefully most of the ones that left come back because who knows how many of these people are turning on smackdown fox again
2: yeah so anyway so the point was i guess that like like you said lots of people don't like this empty arena shit it's not just me and even like the empty arena pure i watch there's something about it where like I don't really want to come on here and talk about it. I mean, like, even, to me I mean, not... it's
1: all just less good. Like, even yeah. the, even the Fujita match, which ruled, still would have been better in front of people.
2: So, a five matches, the five matches format basically is my way of doing a weekly podcast where I don't have to talk about this empty arena shit for as long as this pandemic lasts, which looks like it might be a while, folks, as far as wrestling in front of actual fans. So, you know we're strapped in here, ready to go. Yeah, I don't. So
1: think, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, maybe I mean, I... Japan opens up before the U.S. at least, which will be easier July. for you. But my guess
2: is July for Japan. Yeah, I
1: think I think that's a pretty decent bet. Yeah, but who knows if you're even getting real U.S. shows this year?
2: Yeah. So that's a good transition into the format, which is basically if you didn't listen to the episode last week with Joe, uh, the guest picks two matches. I pick two matches, then we each pick a third match that we aren't sure we'll actually get to uh, talk about because it goes to a fan vote, and we'll talk about the winner of the fan vote later. But let's start. Is out it with... in
1: the description? Can we say? Can I? Can I talk about oh. it briefly?
2: And it is in the description so you can talk about okay
1: it so i listened i listened to last week's and joe was saying oh he's gonna pick the absolute worst shit for you to listen to and you know it's gonna be the fan vote which he w- and you know it's gonna win the fan vote which was correct in both aspects but could even he have predicted i would pick anything as bad as a eugene match
2: no probably not and look i tried to counter with a uh, another Triple H cage match, and I thought it.
1: That match also <laughs> owns. I've seen that match. That match. Is I don't. Good.
2: Rem- <laughs> I don't remember it. So I guess someone else told me it was actually good. But yeah, I still lost like fifty nine percent to forty one percent. So the people want to see the Gene. Can't can't deny the people, but yeah. So we'll talk about. We'll start with your first pick. The Gene has to wait until the end. Yeah the gene
1: the Gene the Gene only main events. He's uh, not he's <laughs> not coming on <up> first.
2: <laughs> the first pick you made was a three-way match from WCW, sold out 2000 on January 16th, 2000. Uh, It is available, of course, on the uh, WWE Network. I have the link in the description. I'm sure it's probably somewhere else if you search online. Uh, I do not recommend giving WWE your money, especially after this Fucking week. So, I'm pretty
1: uh, sure this is literally on YouTube, but I think you you owe it to yourself to watch the, the strange pre match where Chono is just yelling.
2: Yes, yeah, so I was going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. You, I uh, so I'm
1: pretty sure the match is on YouTube, but if you have a way to get on the network, watch it on there because you got to watch the weird pre match with Chono I, yelling.
2: I have a so I have a I have a Friends Network account that I use. So I'm never I have not paid W for the network, pretty much since it launched. So I'm very happy about that. I don't know how you're accessing the network, but.
1: Um, I think I, I share it with somebody. It's New Japan is the one that I don't pay for. I feel like I've explained this, but I'm literally <laughs> yeah. on year two of I canceled the credit card on New Japan World, but it just keeps rebuilding.
2: That's awesome.
1: Without paying. And I, I'm not going <laughs> to cancel it, so I kind of just had it forever.
2: Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, so this is a three-way match from WCW Sold Out 2000, Vampiro versus David Flair versus Crowbar. Before we talk about the pre-match promos or anything from the match, Kevin, why did you pick this match and introduce it for me?
1: Um, I mean, I had a I had a short list and I kind of jumbled up all of them of just matches that I thought would be funny to come on here and talk about. And I haven't done Vampiro in a I really don't think we've ever done Vampiro on our show. I was going to give you, um, have you ever seen the Tim Storm versus Josephus empty arena match?
2: No, I have not.
1: I was going to give that, but I figured you've probably seen so many empty arena matches lately that even like a funny old one that was like novel, you probably don't really want to watch right now. No. So I gave you this one instead because this match is also very funny. It is technically a three-way match, but it's, Probably should just be called a handicap match.
2: Yeah, of course. Except they start they start fighting because that's what always happens in this kind of scenario. But
1: oh yeah, well you're in the, you are literally in w, w, WCW two thousand at this point. Yeah, the joke like it's the jokes are off.
2: <laughs> it's a
1: like this is the joke.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, how do you describe WCW two thousand? Someone who's never watched it. It's it's not as to me it's not even as bad as WWE has been for the last decade because
1: well it it's worse but it's much funnier so it's much more entertaining. Yeah, the thing with WWE and why it's so bad isn't even necessarily that it's horrible or it's offensive, it's just so samey and so bland that it's boring. Yeah. It's just so this is just, like, this is like cocaine bullshit.
2: Yeah, this is so insane that you can't help but enjoy it on, to a degree. I, now, if you watch it week by week, I'm not sure if that is true. I think it probably will get annoying. But like, if you just parachute in for little periods or the pay per views, I mean, it is so insane that, that yeah, it is depends what you're
1: watching it for. I think if yeah. you're watching it specifically to laugh at it, you're gonna have a great time. If you yeah. want to see great wrestling, you should watch anything else.
2: The the current, whereas like the current, like we said, compared to current WWE, I mean, current WWE, the the booking can be stupid for sure, but it does, they don't do, like you said, the the completely cocaine fueled. Yeah, it's
1: not just drug nonsense. Yeah. That's like WWE current is, it's so focus tested. And it's even when the booking is stupid and doesn't make sense, it's pretty focused. Yeah. Like nothing here is focused. It's just, crap thrown at a wall yeah with whoever still hasn't quit yet and it's but
2: like but like like i said yeah i said repeatedly like i this is more fun than than watching WWE now i think oh this
1: yeah this is much more fun than sitting down and watching like (laughs) 2018 raws the closest (laughs) Um, thing if you're if you're a newer fan that has never watched something this further back i think the closest thing you'll get to it is like really insane bischoff tna
2: right right
1: for obvious TNA. reasons, but even even that never really approaches just how ridiculous this is. Like, this is, it's very much its own beast, but that's the probably Russo, the closest thing you can get.
2: The Russo TNA also has, like, it has this very similar pacing, but it, but it really isn't as, as insane. I mean, you can't, I've seen people make that comparison. I mean, I watched all that stuff, and like, there's some things that are pretty insane, like the fucking barbed wire Christmas tree and shit, but like, Week to week, it really is not as insane as this. So that's no, opinion.
1: there was way more. Just kind of like the thing with TNA, especially I've been watching a lot of TNA recently for various reasons. Is that the good stuff is all the stupid stuff like the Jarrett matches, but most of the undercard is just kind of like well worked, forgettable matches. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot less like sheer stupidity on there than I think people remember. Yeah.
2: Because, well, I mean, the stupid stuff stands out, but,
1: like... Oh, the stupid yeah. their stupid shit transcends.
2: Yeah. Uh, but, anyway, so this match itself... Uh, you mentioned the promos. So, Vampiro starts cutting a promo before the match, and fucking Masahiro Chono just shows up and starts talking first in Japanese and then in broken English. And this is never explained. Vampiro briefly, like, confronts him, and they just cut away. And I'm like, if, if nothing sums up WCW in 2000 more... Then a new Japan wrestler just showing the fuck up to say, I'm Masahiro Jodo. I'm the best wrestler, Vampiro confronting him, and it is never followed up on.
1: I Is I it never up, followed up on that? I, I okay. did not look it up. So I, I looked it up on, look up, up on Cage
2: Match. Okay. It. Before this before this segment, the last appearance he made in WWE, the last match he had, was July nineteen ninety-eight, when he and the great Muda beat Alex Wright in the disco inferno on Nitro.
1: Presumably this is his first
2: appearance.
1: <laughs> his first that appearance. actually sounds like it rules. I'm going to have to go find that after this.
2: Um, his, this is his first appearance since then, I believe. He might have done some fucking while. I don't know. The next night on Nitro, he and Super J. Do you know who Super J is?
1: Um, Is it somebody else under a different name?
2: Super J is the fake sting. <laughs> oh, he was, okay. He and Super J defeat the varsity club of Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner. Not Vampiro. Not Vampiro. <laughs> they defeat the varsity club and he never wrestles in WWE again. That's his last ever WWE match. <laughs> oh, this is, this promotion's fucking crazy. But yeah, it's, it's, that... I, I don't know how
1: anybody hates this shit. This shit's so good.
2: <laughs> the next night, they fucking fight the varsity club. They beat the varsity club. Him and Fake Sting beat the varsity club and that's his last. World Championship Wrestling match of all time. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> Vampiro. I hope Vampiro runs in or something. I don't know. I didn't watch it. So I don't. But yeah, that's the that's the actual match. Anyway, then David Flair, Crowbar, and Daphne cut. Probably the worst promo of all time. I think. I don't. I don't it's know It's very.
1: How to... It's very bad.
2: I don't really know how to describe it. You you try to describe this. Describe this promo.
1: Um. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> what the comparison is. It It's just like... It's very like Indie guy, like Dragon Gate USA promo where none people worse. can act. But they give them... Yeah, none of the people can act. It's like yeah. the core. So mean the core Gene, issue here is no one knows how to read lines.
2: Mean Gene is with these three people. And they, they basically do... Mean Gene's like, talk to us about vampires. And David Flair's like, David Flair's doing maybe the worst like the, the idea is supposed to be these are like three psychos right and he is doing maybe the worst quote-unquote crazy laugh i think that's ever been put on film right I, I just cannot think of a worse one he is doing the worst crazy laugh of all time and says he's gonna break like whispers it basically between laughing that he's gonna break uh vampiro's bones and then crowbar who. You know, everybody's going to make fun of David Flair, but Crowbar's fucking facial facial expressions are incredibly awful. There was no way... I mean, before this, he was doing, like, Devin Storm, I guess, on the indies, which I think was just, like, a normal wrestler. And they were, like, hired him and told him, play a crazy person. And he clearly had no idea how to do that. So he says something like, um, you know, I'm going to rip his flush. And they cut to Daphne, who also... I don't know if she ever gets better, but at this point, she cannot act either. And she's like... You know, again doing the crazy laugh and like I'm gonna pick the bones, and then uh Mean Gene, I guess, says you're sick people. Let's get back to the ring. And I'm just like they just told you that they were gonna that they were gonna like fucking maim this poor guy, and you gave the very very understated reaction. I think Bobby the Brain Heat immediately says there's four sick people, <laughs> which is a great a great line. But yeah, that, so the pro, the promos were already crazy. Then I remember that David Flair carries a crowbar, which. That is not confusing at all having a having a wrestler named crowbar while there's also a man carrying a crowbar who is teaming with crowbar, but he is not crowbar I'm like okay, but yeah, vampiro um he's like he's so vampiro is like um, oh God, what was I gonna say? I completely lost my train so thought. this is
1: this is like it's like basically a vampiro squash, it's very weird, yeah. But I I'm surprised this went because again they keep billing it at they don't bill it as a handicap match even though it obviously is one of the most important things. And there's so much weird stuff. Like have you ever really watched a lot of David Flair?
2: Uh no, not really.
1: I didn't realize they were having him do like womanizer shit too.
2: Mm, I guess so.
1: Because um... th- wasn't that this wasn't that the spot in this one where they tried to um like it looked like they were almost about to fight, and then Flair just started making out with Daphne.
2: Yeah,
1: and then Vampiro just runs in for the pin.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what happened, right? I mean, so there's there was a lot wrong with this match, but like, <laughs> let's let's let me. I just want to say before I get into like the things I didn't didn't like about it, um, Vampiro, like, I as, as a kid I really liked him. And, like, I, I probably, I guess, like, 13 at the time. And, you know, he he had this cool look. He's a fucking vampire. He had this really cool theme song. Not the one he used here. I don't know if it was overdubbed or if he just wasn't using it yet. But do you remember that theme song he had that was, like, this really funky guitar riff? Yes. That, I love that fucking theme song as a kid. So that was, uh, that was great. And he's really kind of the highlight of this match. I mean, when he's, like, whipping both of their asses, the match kind of
1: rules. I mean, I mean this is this is like a vampiro um, squash match.
2: Yeah. The problem is is when they do the two on one offense, that is really boring. Like the David Flair and Crowbar beating him up. Other than Crowbar doing this like dive to the floor from the apron, which was really cool. Everything else David and Crowbar do is really really kinda eh. And Crowbar is like a competent wrestler. I I always thought he was kind of overrated. Like some remember Internet Smarks at the time really loved him. I'm just like, I guess he's fine. I don't know. I don't
1: think I've ever seen Devin Storm indie matches. Where did he work?
2: I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm bringing up the bringing up the okay. cage match for him now.
2: But but like um, you know, David and Corbar started fighting, which is also uh, you know a very a very like a uh, trope of these kind of matches. Here's where I learned they were the WCW Tag Team Champions from the first time because the announcers. Uh, brought it up, and you know when they were fighting towards the end of the match because they never had the belts with them. So Vampiro kicked the Tag Team Champions' asses by himself. It was great. Uh, and you mentioned that David and Daphne kiss. I think they kiss without actually touching lips at all.
1: Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very, very awkward like. Um, but yeah, it this match—it's a really awkward interaction.
2: But yeah, Vampiro is pretty great in this match, and like when he turns crowbars Rana into like a sit-out power bomb that ruled crowbar is fine he makes some really terrible faces that really got distracting david flair if you've never seen him is possibly the worst wrestler of all time he's up there at least and like there's one point where he i have never seen a man um because i don't think i've ever seen this back before by the way i didn't mention that earlier i I definitely was not ordering wcw pay-per-views in 2000 and
1: you never saw sold out 2000 before
2: and I pro, so let me finish what I was going to say. When I finally went through like all these papers years later, I think I probably just skipped a bunch of matches because none of this was familiar to me. I definitely saw Ben Sid on this show, but I don't think I saw the rest of the show. So there you go.
1: Oh, I should have picked a Sid match.
2: You should have picked a Sid match.
1: I should have found a Sid match. <laughs> but uh, that's another guy I keep wanting to do on our show, but I never get.
2: But yeah, so David Flair, I mean, I have never seen a wrestler deadweight somebody getting thrown out of the ring before. (laughs) And he like, he deadweighted Vampiro just being thrown through the ropes to the floor. Like Vampiro really fucking had to like heave this man because David Flair, like when stiff as a board and like couldn't get thrown out of the ring correctly. I don't think I've ever seen that my entire life. I mean, that was incredible. So, uh, yeah, David Flair. I mean, as bad as you've heard he is, he's probably worse. I mean, he is. Yeah, this
1: this one really it like really sticks out, especially when you're like going to an insane Vampiro cocaine match. Yeah, <laughs> because that you don't really have to work well, but you have to like move a lot in a match like this. But Vampiro, for whatever you have to say about him, he's it's not like he's like doing a technical masterclass, but he's constantly yeah. out there doing shit, and you kind of have to keep up with him.
2: I mean, if you don't know anything about Vampiro, he was barely trained when he started in Mexico. So obviously he's never gonna be this great technical wrestler. I mean, he was all he was basically all he had a he had a ton of charisma. And he had like a presence to him that I that got him over in Mexico. And then also, I mean, he was
1: over as shit
2: here. I mean he was yeah, this, over. Yeah, no, this this
1: show like this match was hot. People were into Vampiro.
2: He was always over in WCW and they never they never pushed him because I guess they were never going to push anybody that wasn't like the good old boys club or whatever. But like he was always super over. So um, I don't know. I mean, he was a he was very over here, and you know that presence really carried him. I mean, he was not what you would call a good pro wrestler from a technical standpoint, but like he could have these entertaining matches when he was carried by his charisma, and was doing cool moves and stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, I mean,
1: he's like he's like the prototypical of what lucha brawlers are now.
2: Yeah. But, but I, I feel like he did he did a lot more moves. I feel like did like an LA Park or something.
1: Yeah, he definitely yeah he definitely did a little more moves. But it's like the same kind of like basically what he basically does wacky brawls. Right, it's kind of yeah, the way That's, good. It. He that's just, a good point. I mean, like he just some... does a bunch of he just does a bunch of shit. It's not like it's not like a connected match. It's just a lot of really cool shit.
2: Yeah, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I remember in two thousand. He had a match I have seen before with Mike Awesome, that's like famously awful because like they can't get on the same page and they're blowing every spot they're trying. But like, and that was two guys that were both like, you know, cool spot guys, and I think they just needed somebody in there to actually like lay out a match or you know take the cool moves. And they they were both just trying to do the cool moves, and uh, I don't know. I remember it ends with Mike Awesome nearly breaking his neck on the top rope powerbomb. But yeah, it was a uh, that match is pretty legendarily horrible. But it's one of those legendary horrible matches that like I would totally recommend watching because it's just I don't know. It's like it's like a it's like remember you know that Sandman-Sabu match in ECW where like yeah. they they botch every they botch everything they try. Like those matches are really funny. So I definitely recommend watching it. But yeah, this was not that funny honestly, but uh David Flair like I said um not not getting thrown out of the ring correctly was really funny. So that's probably my highlight
1: yeah this this is like really good if you just want to see vampiro beat the shit out of losers it's it's perfect
2: so if you
1: enjoy vampiro if like the idea of watching him do vampiro shit entertains you this is like kind of pinnacle vampiro shit
2: yeah so i don't really have you kept
1: up with vampiro in recent years
2: i have not i just know he's like a commentator for AAA or something
1: well, he's currently been claiming that he has Alzheimer's, and now I believe he's saying that weed cured his Alzheimer's. Sounds legit. I believe Vampiro. <laughs> a lot of people are making a lot of people are making fun of him, but I want on record here: I trust Vampiro.
2: All right. So that we can move on, then I guess to my first pick, which was Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP Heavyweight Title against Tepsi Unito on January fifth, twenty twenty, at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I picked this for you because I thought it would be funny if you. Well, first of all, I picked a few because I don't think you saw it. Like I remember you tweeted about. No,
1: I did not see this one.
2: You tweeted about Wrestle Kingdom weeks later. I remember you tweeting about like Hiromu Osprey and Okada Ibushi. So I was like, okay, watch yeah, the first one. I made it.
1: Th- I made it through day one, and then like picked like two things off day two.
2: Yeah. So. I, first of all, I knew you didn't hadn't seen it, and second of all, I thought it would be funny if you hated what is possibly my favorite match of all t- time. Definitely, like I don't think it's the best match of all time, to be clear. Like I think it's, and um, I had a very um, you know like emotional reaction the first time I watched it. I remember we're in some like again to bring. I don't know if we brought up this group chat or not on the air. I think that
1: was the Lord video. Pizza State.
2: We're, we're in a we're in a group chat together, and I think it was uh, Ava who said, just like you have been waiting for this for like your whole life so i get it but yeah i mean like i i'm very i'm very emotionally attached to the match i do, i do think it's an amazing match it's like a five star match but i'm also aware that i'm very biased and like you know if naito had lost that match i probably wouldn't have liked it nearly as much i may have stopped watching New japan honestly and you know everything like just kind of clicked together and when i was watching it live and you know it was one of those matches that really like, you know, I don't know. It's very corny to say, but it made me feel something. So it very, very Oh, that's uh, just
1: like the next match did for me, actually.
2: <laughs> it was a it was a very a very emotional reaction. So, you know, it's something I waited. I still think and I and I and there's some people who think the fact that Naito won here is some kind of um, you know, a acquittal of New Japan for not having him win in 2018. I don't think that's true. I still think he should have won in 2018. I think the crowd was even hotter for him then. I think it was his moment. I think you the, the argument people make is like, wow, Naito losing there was set up Okada to lose to Kari at Dominion. I'm like, well, that's great, but then fucking Kenny leaves six months later, so who gives a fuck? Like, You can't tell me long-term for New Japan... It wouldn't have worked out better if Naito won at that dome. They don't even do the Kenny rain to like, hey, you're going to, like, actually fucking resign with us? And, you know, if he tells them no, then they just don't do the Kenny thing. Like, I don't know. And I'm obviously very biased because I love Naito and I don't love Kenny. But I just think you didn't need to do that reign, especially when he was about to leave. And, yeah, you didn't know he was about to leave, but you knew his contract was up. So I don't know. I don't think that's, like, people think the the last i guess two or three years of new japan is like of the iwgb titles like some genius booking and it's just like no i think you could have changed this this and this and that it be better but uh you know that's not to take away from this moment it's still really great but i just don't think i i mean i don't think the moment would have been any worse two years earlier honestly so i don't know how you feel about that if you even care but
1: um I have very few thoughts on 2020 <laughs> New Japan, looking. I will say the first one, I guess it's it's now the 2 years ago Tokyo Dome right. event. I feel like I thought it was pretty good even though everyone hated it for the result.
2: I liked it too when I really People really back.
1: didn't like yeah. that one. I don't know how much of that was just the result and how much of it was just people didn't like it.
2: I I've never I don't think they've ever had a bad match. Cuz I remember the the 2012 Cork and one is like one of my favorite matches ever. Nobody remembers that one. I'm probably going to give it to somebody eventually during this because I love that match. The 2014 Dome I think is really good and super underrated because you know it's in this weird semi-main event slot when this, the Naito Bay Face Push wasn't working. But the match itself is awesome. Um And then they have like a they have a G1 match around that same time I think 2015 that's really good. I mean, they they just have very good chemistry together. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, and so I'll say, again, if you, you, you definitely wanted to pick one for me to shit on, you, as I've told you before we recorded, you unfortunately picked the wrong one of these.
2: Yeah, I should have picked you, different New Japan Yeah,
1: one. you should. I mean, if you want one to shit on, you should have picked Okada Ibushi just from the night before. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. That that one is so much worse than this one.
2: I, I I mean, even though I liked it a lot more than you, I definitely agree. I mean, I was like five stars on this and like four and a quarter on Okada Ibushi. But,
1: that was that's like that was like the prototypical of the joke about nothing happening in the first 15 20 minutes
2: yeah and the fact that a lot of people went five on it anyway really like blew my mind because i remember sitting through that match and being like is something going to happen <laughs> is there going to be a thing i mean i don't honestly think it's a stretch to say the fujita Sh- Sh- shiozaki opening was way more impactful than that I really, I really don't. Which some people are probably gonna like. Fucking throw down their iPods when they hear this, but uh, I
1: really don't. Well, I mean, it's just artistic preference because that one was done like they were doing nothing for the effect. The other one was just doing nothing. There was no effect.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think the match didn't
1: like it. I think even if you didn't like the stare down and thought it was stupid, it. I think anyone with like some degree of critical thinking understands what they were going for, like it or hate it.
2: The, the Okada Ibushi, you know, I, I do think after they finally get past that point, the match is so fucking good for the rest of it that I still liked it a lot. But, like, the entire... I I don't I just don't know how you can throw out, like, 15 to 20 minutes that are that nothing and be like, yeah, five stars. I'm just like, I don't really get it. But And, and again, it, it's a good contrast to this one because, like, the opening portion of this is just so much better than the opening portion of Okada Ibushi. I mean, they... You know, they just do so much more impactful shit. They're they're going pretty fast from the start. Um, first, like Naito, there's like a really awesome, cool like, spot where Naito like breaks out the cravat to go after Okada's neck. And Okada's neck, like Okada looks like he can barely move his neck a lot around this time. So I thought that was a great little, uh, you know, a, a great thing to target. And then there's like this crazy big boot from Okada where Naito... Tries to run in for the desk, then know, the Nitro just takes this like crazy flip bump for, and this is like all in the first 10 minutes. I'm like, they were doing, they just did so much more in the first like 10, 15 minutes than Okada and Ibushi did. But, uh, but yeah, everybody well, really knows I love this match, so I might as well let you talk about it. What do you think about
1: it? no, what I again, I thought this is pretty good. This is like the best one of these main I'm trying to think what the last main event that was the last Tokyo Dome main event that was good as this one was. Just for comparison,
2: I feel like I can never live
1: up to how much you love this one.
2: Didn't you just say you liked Toriko two years earlier?
1: Oh yeah, I, but I like this one was better than that. Okay, but I think that's more of an example. Of just I, I just remember like nobody really liking that for whatever reason. Yeah, not at the I don't know why.
2: Not at the love of this at least. No, and but I, I
1: mean, this was also the the end of the story. People are obviously going to like this one better.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will say I saw some people who even aren't like huge Naito fans or even like Naito sort of haters that still like this. So I assume it, the match itself must've been like, you know, good enough. I mean,
1: to- I, maybe this is just me saying, cause I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't know how you could like, like this style and not like this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's very hard to see. Like, this seems like close to the best you can do this for me. Yeah. Is it, it all matters. There's no, like it gets a little slow, but it's just that's the nature of going this long. Sometimes you need to slow down just to keep your stamina and whatnot. Yeah. But um, I like. I don't really know how you could like this style and like say, oh, this sucked.
2: The only thing. If I you say... hate the
1: style, I could see how you would think it sucked. I wouldn't argue with you on that one. But if you like it, I'm surprised to hear that someone wouldn't like this one.
2: The only thing it doesn't have probably that people who love this style of match usually expect from New Japan is I don't it doesn't have like a really, really long reversal dance, which I'll be honest, with some of the I I mean I love New Japan, but some of the reversal dances get pretty ridiculous even for me. Oh yeah, I mean
1: I I don't like the I think most of them just start to look silly.
2: Yeah. So this one they it never goes I mean there's there's a reversal dance, but it's like actually pretty early on, which is a, a great little like uh again structuring this differently than a lot of these main events. And, you know, I, I remember I was shitting my pants for it through real time. So well, that's probably a
1: fact. You can't Did you think it. they were going to end it there early? Because obviously I had the timestamp. So I had yeah. a general idea when it was going to end. I,
2: I mean, my my level of like needing Naito to win this, I was not thinking that rationally, I guess. Like, I would. Okay, was not, that's fair. No, I yeah, That not, makes sense. I was not timing it in my head. I'm just like, he better fucking kick out his Raymaker. I. I was, like, being so ridiculous by that point. I was, like, not looking at my television for the kick out, <laughs> for the I was like, I am not going to watch this if he's going to fucking get pinned. So, yeah. Um, the other thing about this match that really, I think, elevates it a level above a lot of these types of matches is Naito's leg-selling, which, you know, in the, lo- the last time we talked about this match, I put over Okada because I think people wouldn't necessarily expect me to do that, right? Like, they'd expect me to praise Naito. But I will just say, like, Naito's leg-selling here was... Just incredible, and like when he hits that destino and like clutches the leg with the like just the right amount of like because there's there's a certain kind of like selling that's like fucking ridiculous and over the top and like you know like Will Osprey screaming like, like the classic the
1: hold your limb and make silly faces into the camera
2: yeah and like Kenny Kenny Omega used to do that a lot too Naito clutches it but for like half a fucking second. And then it's just it's just enough that half a second to let Okada kick out. Like that's the kind of shit that I love in a match like this. So he does it perfectly. Um, and he never like forgets about it either. the The Stardust press, I think I almost pissed myself. <laughs> um, I weirdly I don't think the live crowd actually thought he was gonna pin him with that. I think the live crowd was just like,, um, you know. Yeah, again,
1: I feel like I feel like I'm like again. I actually, I did like watching this very much, especially for a match like this. I think you're always gonna miss out by having the timestamp and knowing. And obviously, yeah. I knew who won, but I don't. I don't think it matters to me that I know who wins as much as I know. Like, you know, it always hurts a little bit, when, especially this is a stadium main event. So the entire drama is how it's gonna end. Yeah. It's a lot harder to watch it knowing, oh, there's 26 more minutes in the video. There's no <laughs> shot. This is the kickout, even on a spot yeah. that looks good. Like you said, that reversal thing, the reversal happening earlier in the match. Like I kind of noticed that, but I didn't put any stock into it because I'm like, oh, well, I know it's not close to over yet. So
2: right. It and then, really and then work. after the, that,
1: actually, that actually sounds like a much cooler touch if you see it live and you have no idea how it's going to end.
2: Yeah, I mean, like the fact that they do that reversal dance. And then you know they hit the rainmaker and, and then they just keep going it ends up being you know i think a very different type of match than we normally see from an okada big main event um and then the finish on top of that is a little more defensive than you usually get in these big new japan matches i mean here there's really almost no reversal of transfer exchanges i mean naito he hits the stardust press he covers and okada kicks out he goes for destino a like clearly spent okada like very briefly blocks it but we don't go to any more like you know crazy dances. We just go to Naito hits the, the Valencia, which is like that uh, that sit out Northern Lights bomb thing he added, and then he hits a Destino for the pen. So it's like very definitive compared to your standard, you know. They they basically did the reversal, uh, like the finisher reversals earlier, so they could have this like very definitive like Naito just beats the guy moment, which I think in hindsight was like even more satisfying for for the Nitro fans and you know if he just got lucky and like. Reverse the Raymaker into the Destiny. You know, the way he kind of did the first time he beat him for the title back in 2016. Even if without the even without the the run-ins and stuff, like he just kind of like reverses the Raymaker and then just hits the desk. You know, I don't know where he wins. Like this was much more like you know this is his moment. He gets to beat him. Like we're we're finally giving the Naito fans what we've been stringing them along for for fucking really eight years. If you want to go all the way back, at least like fucking three years. So. I mean, he
1: came back what about three years ago, like from the excursion when he really started doing this gimmick.
2: No, 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 that's twenty. That's late twenty fifteen. But at okay. least he. I mean, at least he won the title very briefly in twenty sixteen. But so, I mean, I, I guess you could say if you want to say this character, how long has he been waiting to win the title again? It's like f- almost four years because he lost at Dominion twenty sixteen back to Okada. So yeah, I mean, it's like three and a half years. So, you know, I mean, they they basically they did give you that payoff. They did not fuck around. They didn't have him fucking get lucky. They just let him beat the guy. So Yeah, make- they
1: they didn't they left no doubt here. Yeah. What do you know what the what the Okada plan was supposed to be this year?
2: I assume he was going to be in the you know, just like I mean, he was feeding with Taichi and then I I assume Jay White was going to take him out in the first round of the New Japan Cup because that bracket was out. And then he probably was going to have to beat Jay White. And then, I don't know. It's a good question. I assume that they, I mean, this is my assumption. After the match, Naito, um, you know, he says winning the main event the Tokyo Dome feels good because Okada had previously told him he could never know how it feels two years ago. And then they said they should meet it in the main event the Tokyo Dome again. And Okada does like the little LRJ fist salute, which was a great, like a great, I assume he, I don't know if he came up with that in the moment or they told him to do that, but that was such a great moment. Um, You know, like the crowd really loved that, but yeah, I mean, I assume they were going to main event with this again next year. I mean, that's my. Oh, uh, you
1: think they were just going to run it again?
2: Yeah, because like you can run it. Like, let's just assuming the dome was one night. I mean, they 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 did the match, but they did not like they didn't really spend it as a main event because this this had one day of build. I mean, this was like Aito being Jay White and Okada being abushi. If you want to look at it like this, the real main event that was actually built up for these shows was Okada and Ibushi. So you, I, I think you could have run Okada and Naito again the following year with Naito holding the belt all year and they would have, it would have sold it. It would have done like the the same like 40,000 that they did on night one this past year, which they might still do whenever they can resume. But, you know, I
0: mean, so I think would, at I think
2: this Okada, point,
1: everyone's going to be so starved for this. They may as well just run another dome show <laughs> as soon as they're allowed to run.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think Okada is going to do some time killing stuff like the Tai Chi feud and then he's going to win the G1. And we would've had Night Okada. So again. But yeah, that's my that's what that's just my guess.
1: That's the bold prediction for where <laughs> they would have gone this year.
2: Yeah. So um but yeah, I mean it was just an incredibly and really, I think, perfectly laid out match. One of the easiest uh like five star rings I've ever given in my life, so I'm glad you liked it. I guess I, I sort of wanted the comedy of you just being on and telling me. Yeah, I, oh, I was God. really
1: disappointed. I was gonna <laughs> kind of try and watch it and like kind of just make weird nitpicks, but I could, I, it felt too disingenuous to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a really good match. So, all right, so let's go to your second pick, which is BJ Whitmer versus Steve Carino from June 24th, 2016. Um, I told you before we recorded, I think. I'd never seen this and you were surprised but I was really not a I was not a huge fan of Sinclair Ring of Honor you know like the even before the AW split or whatever it's like I was watching some shows it was pretty much like I watched the shows I went to and I watched the shows that I you know went like didn't
1: you like, happen to be home with nothing better to do to I happen to be home with live. nothing
2: better that's a great point too and like this is a yeah. pay-per-view
1: so like yeah, you had know. to pay, you had to pay for this.
2: Yeah, so there's no way I would have paid for this. So I went to I went to some shows. I watched like those fucking the New Japan shows or whatever the crossover ones. But there's there. I I mean I looked at the car. I was like, yeah, I, didn't, I definitely didn't see this. But uh, I
1: actually there, watched this wait. whole show to prepare for this. It's <laughs> honestly not that bad of a show. It, it yeah. was fine.
2: So what? I guess go ahead. Tell me why you picked this. And, and, and oh, so
1: theater. remember how you just said that that was like the easiest five stars you've ever given. Uh-huh. Well, the same thing applies here.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So why did you This is to... like one of a This is one of my favorite funny matches ever, but I think one of the important things you have to understand is the build to it and why it's so good. Can These I say quickly? Obvi- really? I
2: yeah. think I sincerely think this is a good match.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it sincerely rules. It's just it's the comedy of how it happened. They were building Steve Carino versus BJ Whitmer on TV for about 2 years. Right. So like the, this match is built significantly longer than like anything that's been on a WrestleMania this decade. Yeah. But that's, um that's they basically crazy. yeah, Whitmer was fucking with Carino for literally two years at this point.
2: Right.
1: And they were supposed to do this, they were supposed to do it about a like a year and a half earlier, but Carino had some kind of back surgery. Then they were supposed to do it again, but ran it off as some angle where he came back under a mask that I unfortunately don't remember exactly. And then they finally do it. And for those who probably won't watch it, the entire angle is Whitmer is basically terrorizing Carino's family. He's taken his son on as a young boy, and he just keeps abusing him in front of his father. He keeps, like, creepily harassing his wife at a grocery store. (laughs) And I
2: did, I, I, that was in the pre-video, and like yes, that was one like, was wow. in the pre-tape. He went, he went all DDP two thousand one.
1: And you, I remember you noted because you were watching this right before, and you said, "Oh, this thing is so long," but I don't think you realized how long of it was the pre-tape.
2: Yeah, like the, just the because, because they is, were trying to fit
1: two years of built into it.
2: The match itself is fifteen minutes, so yeah, it's a, a lot of it's the pre-tape.
1: But after all this time and after all these years of fucking with his family, what do you think happens? Do you think he wins this match? Do you think he (laughs) gets justice on the person who's been terrorizing him and his child and his family for all these months?
2: I would have guessed yes, but the answer is no, he does not get (laughs) justice.
1: He loses. (laughs) He loses. And do you know who he loses to? Uh, Not just to BJ Whitmer, <laughs> but to an ancient Kevin Sullivan, running <laughs> and then spiking him in the head.
2: This really is like the—I mean, this is a perfect match for you because it really is the, um, the exact like fucking junction of dumb fucking terrible shit, but still really good. Like it is a legitimately good brawl that I really enjoyed, and it's so fucking stupid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the brawl But – we'll start with talking with the Astro match. The brawl was, like, really good, especially for, uh, like, in this era of ROH. Like, they let their guys bleed, but they were straight up just hitting each other over the head with glass bottles and things like that.
2: Yeah, BJ gives him, like, the shoot punches to open up his eye. That was great. Yeah,
1: um, I think when I watch this, I think he breaks the blade job too early. Oh, yeah. Did you think that? Because doesn't it feel like he – is it looked like BJ was really pulling those punches? I don't think he was supposed uh, to bleed there, I and he see. still kind of clipped him.
2: I got you. Yeah, maybe.
1: But um, um and then my, he there goes was right to the table. Yeah, there was an
2: early highlight I want to mention. Kevin Kelly practically sounds like he's in tears describing Cerritos' new life and how he had to let all that go to become this demon again. I was like, wow, that was uh, that was some commentary there. Kevin was like, <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. know. Well, he, I mean, he sincerely. Does a better job selling this fucking Steve Carino shit than I think I've heard a WWE announcer sell anything in like fifteen years. Him and I mean, and, I mean like... him
1: and Nigel both. Where Nigel refused. I refuse to take a part in this. I refuse to watch this. <laughs> they actually, I do not. We do not condone this here, they, Ring of
2: <laughs> they sound more into this than like Michael Cole has ever sounded about anything. I don't. I mean, I mean they're all really...
1: clearly in on. I feel like everyone was clearly in on this joke.
2: Yeah. It's like it's really something. Um, but yeah, we get the demon inside Steve Carino repelled him to kick out as that exploded through the table. And then my favorite detail Carino took a beer bottle that Matt Taven left at ringside. Excuse me? Why was Matt Taven coming out with beer bottles?
1: Um, I don't did, oh, yeah, you did. I I actually watched the whole show. You didn't watch the whole show. So Matt Taven was out there doing like a drug commentary gimmick, making fun <laughs> of like the current iteration of the All Night Express.
2: What the fuck? What, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, but yeah, he, he beats him with the rear. <laughs> I- <laughs> He was doing, Matt Caven was doing a drunk commentary gimmick to make fun of the All Night Express.
1: <laughs> yes, that is. Actually <laughs> how it,
2: how it happened. Oh, I want crack laughing, but like what the? The fuck? beer bottle
1: spot also looked sick. As you yeah. Pointed out, like they got the perfect angle on, like just cracking it over his head when he hit him with it.
2: Yeah um anyway so he and then he starts like carving up a part of the bottle which uh that was crazy Carino gets like rubbing alcohol and like pours it into the cuts i hope that was just water because jesus um,
1: i i hope it was real because i think wrestling is real
2: and then the lights go out and kevin sullivan shows up and hits carino with the golden spike so we're gonna hit the exploder for the pin uh that was a uh, I mean I legitimately would go 4 stars on this probably. It was a really I mean
1: it, it's an easy 5 but I'll forgive you for, for this one. <laughs> we awesome- can't all see the light. <laughs>
2: it is an awesome it's an awesome brawl. It's a really good brawl. So
1: and if you if you want to know how this end like what happened after it, um, it basically led for the former punishment Martinez. Now he is NXT's Damian Priest, just becoming a spooky makeup guy with Kevin Sullivan. <laughs>
2: That's great, uh, but yeah. So this is I mean, look, this is I, I have to say you really failed here because you're the bad wrestling podcast and you gave me a great match. So I don't know what you're thinking.
1: Everyone hated this in real time. This what thing the was fuck? like, loathed. why? Yeah, this thing was loathed. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I assume it's just like ROH fans are never have never been like historically the most humorous bunch.
2: I mean, look, this is really funny, but like the brawl stuff is fun. Like, what is? I, I don't really understand. Like, they, it's not like they were botching anything. It's not like they did anything wrong.
1: I think also you gotta understand there was literally a two year build to this, and this is how they ended it yeah because of course i'm not sure if we were if i was too clear but carino gets basically killed by kevin sullivan and this is the end of the angle like it's never brought back like he never gets his justice for this two years of terrorizing his family it was basically just a they basically used a two-year thing to debut a kevin sullivan angle which lasted for like three months so i think that was a big part of why people were so mad at it but that honestly just makes it funnier
2: okay uh my second pick i guess we can transition over to that was kota ibushi versus Kaigatora from december 29 2007 um uh, in the el dorado promotion a show called i was born to love treasure um why did i pick this so i picked this because last week first of all i mentioned how great kota ibushi was during this whole period and like you know, just he was very raw, but he was like just very badass. And I've mentioned El Dorado like a million times on this podcast probably, and never actually watched or covered anything from it. So I thought we should finally do an El Dorado match. Um, I'll explain what El Dorado is for people who don't know. But do you yeah, know? I was going
1: to say, give me the give me like the full background on this. Have
2: you ever watched El Dorado before? Now,
1: no, this is the first thing I've ever seen from it.
2: So basically. Um, drag Toriumon in 2004 becomes Dragon Gate, right? I think everybody knows that, or anyone that's yes. about Dragon Gate knows that. At first, they kept pretty much everybody um, from the T2P that used to be the T2P promotion because, like, the Toryumon was like three stages: it was Toryumon Japan, T2P, and Toryumon X. Toryumon Japan is like all the really famous guys that people know: Shima, Night in Tokyo, Gen- uh, not Genki, actually, no, and Genki, I think. Yeah, Genki Horiguchi. um, You know, everybody that you can think of. T2P was like Milano Collection. AT is the ace. And then some of the people who went on to Dragon Gate and stayed forever were were from that, like Naroki Doi and Masato Yoshino. But also a lot of people from T2P did not laugh, Like Shuji Kondo, Brother Yashi, um, a ton of people like that. So all the
1: coolest people? (laughs) Are we talking Yashi here?
2: Yeah, Yashi. And like, you know, so they... they They did eventually merge into Toriumon Japan before it became Dragon Gate. Toriumon X never joined up with Toriumon Japan other than a couple guys. I think actually just Naoki Tanizaki actually uh, left for Toriumon Japan before that ended. So 2004 happens. Toriumon Japan, they they basically break off multiple dragon. They become Dragon Gate. The Toriumon, the T2P guys don't last a lot of them. Like pretty much all the ones I just mentioned, Kondo, Yashi... A ton of other guys, but those are like...
1: All the people. guys who go to become Dove Pro?
2: Yeah, Toro Washi, um, a bunch of other people. They don't last in a... The, basically, the entire Aga and Izu unit is gone by the end of 2004. Um, Milano Collection AT is gone by like early 2005. So they all get together with the Toriumon X people who never went into Dragon Gate, and they become what's called Dragon Door it was backed by a um, a really really pot, like a really famous like i think it was like an online blog service if i remember correctly it was like basically one of these like fucking internet corporations that just had a channel a lot of pots but i think the main thing was like a blog like you could like write your own blog or something it was called live door so dragon plus door dragon door um you know that that did not last that long because you know that was like 2000 mid 2005 i believe and you know they Live Door ended up having a huge financial scandal. So, you know, they they basically lost their funding. Like They lost the, the giant company that was funding them. So most of the people involved in Dragon Door, not everybody, like Milano Collection AT appeared in Dragon Door, I think on the very last show only. And he never appeared for El Dorado. He basically, he peaced out to America forever. He was in Ring of Honor a bunch. And then when he comes back to Japan, he joins New Japan. So he never joins back up with this group. But basically, the remaining like T2P and Toriyama X people um, form Eldorado, which is like a part really more of a part time promotion than a full time promotion. But like like a lot of these other guys were also like doing um, like the Toriyama X guys basically became the Michinoku Pro roster during this period. Uh, Kondo and Yashi were doing voodoo murders in All Japan. Uh, Torawashi became like a a big star in um, in DDT, obviously, and he's still there to this day. Uh Takeyosu Guerrera, who I forgot to mention before, who he became a big star in Zero One. He's still there to this day. Um, Kondo and them were like they they, they went on to be in Russell One. Anyway, so it's a, you know, it, it kind of they ended up all over the place. But they all basically come back together to do this El Dorado thing like once or twice a month. And this lasted from like February twenty third, two thousand six, um, until December fifteenth, two thousand eight. So they were about a year away from closing here. And the promotion was like famously cursed like everything they tried to do um they would like form these like the first big feud was like um like would sugarera join back up with the agon people or would he be in this healing unit from Michinoku pro called stoned and just when they finally paid it off somebody got injured I don't remember who it was I think it might have been sugarera himself it could have been kagatora who was in stoned it was a Somebody like really are you saying like, stoned? Yeah, stoned.
1: Is this like a weed gimmick?
2: I think so. I guess I don't. Know. I'm
1: very glad that the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> very very long sit like tradition of Dragon System weed gimmicks stays going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, he joins this unit, and it's like the big payoff, and we're finally getting ready to start the big war. And then immediately somebody gets hurt. I think it was Sugawara Kagatora. So they're like, okay, well we can't do this now. And then they they form like these new units um they basically all they have like a draft or something basically and they all form like they basically decide all the agon members are each going to get their own unit and then at that point um you know awashi forms animal planets which is like one of my favorite unit names of all time where all the members have like an animal theme
1: who is uh, it who else was in that i've never seen uh,
2: that. Uh, let me think about this bear fukuota i think <laughs> guy um there was like a couple other guys but I it's Antonio Honda was in one of these units and like this is when people first like just started discovering him. Um, at least over in the in the West. But yeah, so like this is a really but that goes really badly too, because I think like Brother Yashi gets hurt or something. So like everything they tried to do, like there would be some injury or someone would fucking leave or somebody would fucking so the El Dorado curse like became a thing. So you know, the idea was supposed to be we start off doing like a monthly or a twice monthly show in Shinjuku face. And then we stopped doing that and we, um, you know, we switch over to, uh, you know, like a, you know, eventually hopefully we can run Cork in a lot. They never got past running Cork in like a few times a year, the way like 2AW does now. So this is like one of their few Cork shows of the year. I think they did like three or four, probably. Um, they just never got to a level where they were able to run full tours. And like they, they said at the start like our goal was to be like a full time promotion. For all these people and it never happened so the promotion folds and eventually becomes secret base and that still exists to this day as a very low level indie but yeah that's basically the el dorado story um but yeah i mean this is you know kota Ibushi was uh, always like a frequent guest star for el dorado which is he was also guest starring a lot in dragon gate at the time so that was kind of funny because these two, these two promotions pretty much hate each other um but it didn't stop Kagatora from going right from aldora dragon gate because of course dragon gate fans will know he's still been there to, his, to this day but yeah that's i pretty still much. want to
1: call him jimmy kagatora but then i remember it's not anymore
2: <laughs> and this is the other funny thing about this match other that, that has like a long history uh, this is for the independent junior title do you know about the independent junior title i do not so this, that title dates all the way back to fmw in the early 90s and has been through like seven different promotions or something like it was a battle arts it was a big japan i mean it was at the, it was like the top title of battle arts it was the junior title for big japan um i don't know what else it's been in it's been in a bunch of promotions i think it was like in ddt proper for a while but yeah now it's like the top title of Gamb- gambare <laughs> and oak is like comedy mm-hmm. sub-brand so it's still active to this day it's currently held by keisuke ishii but is uh,
1: Gambare the one no it's basara is the one that just left the, yeah Gambari still a subred universe
2: right Gambari's still a brand. but yeah uh that's the it's the top title Gambari today but at the time i guess it was the top title of el dorado or he had it from dt i don't really know but it doesn't really matter uh it's just funny that this t- this stupid little title has lasted all this time um i guess i can start what did you think of the match
1: this match was also pretty good. I never saw Kagatora this young. Like yeah. I don't think I like the first time I ever saw Dragon Gate was like the early 2010s. So I never saw him like this.
2: Yeah. He's really like important. I'm
1: pretty sure by the time I started watching he was already a Jimmy.
2: Yeah. Oh wow. So you yeah, you didn't see him even his early Dragon Gate stuff.
1: No. Early I it early Dragon Gate's always one of those things I've always tried to watch and it's always annoying to try and watch. Yeah, it's but not. A, be, it's not really an easy thing to get a hold of.
2: It used. There used to be this great site called like Open the Dragon Gate or something that had like a, a crazy archive that you could all watch like in web video, and they got shut down or something. I guess. But, yeah. I know
1: there was the dry archive forever, but as long as that existed, or maybe it even still exists, and I don't know. I was like still too young to give them a hundred dollars for access to it. <laughs>
2: yeah i have that
1: i did do that yeah like if that i don't know if that's even still a thing but now that wouldn't be as much of an issue but for the longest time like i always wanted to watch this but i could never find a way to afford a hundred dollars when i was like 19 just for this
2: yeah um so yeah abushi he so this like this match is like you know abushi and Kagatora. um you know Kagatora like really starts stringing some like ridiculous offense together and like Ibushi takes this crazy bump like right on the back of his neck just off a flying clothesline so like if you've been wondering if you're wondering like how long he's been doing that shit where he takes his stupid bumps for like any move he can think of the answer is a very long time (laughs) because like this 2007 so
1: yeah this is like over 10 years ago and he's just Um, been doing it this some people are just like clearly immortal in terms of this stuff and he's one of them
2: yeah, like it's like Masao Tanaka, right? That's a that's a famous one you could think of immediately, where like he's been he's been taking these fucking chair shots to the head and all this crazy shit for twenty five years, and somehow he's just fine. And like Koda I don't know how the fuck he takes all these bubs for twenty years and just totally fine. But like he never even really misses time for injury or anything. Other than that, he had that one concussion period, I guess, from like when he dropped out of the the New Japan DDT double contract. But like ever since then, he's pretty much been fine. So I mean,
1: other than when he got like sick a few months ago, too. Right. Yeah. Those are really the only time he's been pretty consistently active for as long as I've been watching this shit.
2: Yeah. Um the there's this also great this cool moment where Bushi like he's supposed to jump up to the top rope, and the top rope I think was like loose or something. So he's supposed to jump up and do a moonsault. Now he, like, really has trouble on this top rope. And I think a lot of other wrestlers would have fucking fallen or something. But he, in one moment, in one movement, I mean, somehow jumps back down, realizing he can't do it, jumps back down the ring, immediately jumps back onto the top rope, and does the fucking moonsault. I was like, how is this man able to do this shit? It just looked really, really great. Um, even, like, even his botches look amazing somehow. It's just crazy.
1: Yeah, um, to that point, you always hear a lot of people now that always say like, "Oh, wrestling has evolved over the past t- ten years, and that's why it's faster and more athletic." It's like a defense almost. But like, no, no, it hasn't. This is like, this is a better work of athleticism than like most indie matches now.
2: Yeah, I don't really get that because I feel like it's. Reasonable. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't think like this is just, this is just like so far ahead of where our indie guys are now. <laughs>
2: I mean, they're just doing all this crazy shit. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like people who watched, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound, I mean, there's no real way to sound to not sound pretentious when you say this. I feel like people who watched Japanese wrestling's Japanese wrestling in the uh, zero zeros or whatever, like, just know that's not true. <laughs> you know, I mean, be... I mean,
1: I don't even think it's true in terms of U.S. Indies, like, yeah. comparatively to the guys that were then. But that's a yeah, whole other argument.
2: That's a good point too, I guess um but yeah the only complaint i have about this match but i have to bring it up is the the phantom leg injury is annoying like coda at this point does not know how to consistently sell this leg because he like you know kagator is going after the leg and he like fucking holds it and acts like he's you know in dire pain and it just goes right back to doing his flips and his kicks which is not there's something kind of charming about it honestly but like yeah this is, this is
1: like very indie in like a very nice way
2: yeah but like he just totally i, I would have honestly preferred to be totally blew it off than he just kept going back to it because like it's not like kagatori did that much he did a little bit like he but it wasn't like as egregious as some of these like phantom leg injury matches you see now he did like a little bit of offense but not like you know he didn't like fucking murder the chair like in that uh Masato, Tanaka and takashita match from earlier this year but like Coda just goes from like, he'll clutch it and be like, ah, oh, my leg. And then he, he'll be like, all right, time to do like a fucking standing moonsaw that looks perfect and a, these fucking crazy kicks. And he's like, oh, wait, my leg. And it's just like, okay, just fucking ignore it, buddy. Just keep just keep going.
1: But yeah, um, like, I, obviously this is just like a youth thing that you don't yeah. know. Like, just don't do it. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. No one's going to care. Yeah, But I, it's probably, I'm sure it's a training thing. Like, someone is instilled that since you started doing it, you have to stick with it. Right. Even if you really don't, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, I, I feel like if this was today, he would have just blown it off, and it would have been better.
1: Um, yeah, and it, I guess that just comes with the clout of being around for so long that now you can do it and no one cares. And you uh, know I, no one cares.
2: There's a great like strike exchange where I think they do a better job selling mutual exhaustion, exhaustion than a lot of Japanese wrestlers do today when they're trying to go for that. So I wanted to bring that up too. Um, but yeah, there was a Coda does a phoenix flash but the the knee injury acts up again which is sort of like what happened with naito but like here like naito sold that the entire match and here Coda had forgotten about it again for a while so it's like when he holds the knee and can't pin him it's like oh really you just you just did that fucking phoenix flash better than most people ever do anything in their lives i think your knee is fine buddy um, but i guess it's a, you could say it's a good callback but they never should have like sold the knee at that point um the crowd that was like previously pretty quiet too is now is like now going completely fucking nuts. It's always a good sign for the match. And then Koda wins the Dragon Suplex hold. Uh, I was like four stars on this, and I couldn't. So when I picked this, I wasn't sure if this was the match I was remembering. I don't know because they had multiple ones. I think it might not have been. I think they might have had an even better match. But this was still really good.
1: Like yeah, I mean, I like sh- like striking Ibushi like a little more than current one, and I mean, this wasn't like a total like mad Ibushi match, but there's still a lot of that in here. Like you said, there was there were pretty good striking changes for like what you'd expect from like a Dragon System indie. Yeah, so. but this this was also really fun. I think it's like amazing to see, especially on how you see these guys age now, and like how much of his athleticism he still has.
2: Yeah. I mean, Kagatora's still great too. I just saw him in all. I haven't watched a lot of Dragon Gate recently, but I just saw him in all Japan recently. I think, and he was awesome. So.
1: I feel like Dragon Gate guys are like almost different in how they age, though, in terms of guys that work elsewhere.
2: Yeah, um, those
1: guys like never; those guys stay, or they just like they never age until they do, and then they're just done.
2: My my theory with the Dragon Gate guys is they take. I feel like they almost take less bumps than a lot of the Japanese wrestlers, like because they do so many multi-man tags and they do a lot of these like in between like taking these strikes they do a lot of like lucha spots and stuff so i don't know like they do like roll throughs and stuff instead of the bumps
1: yeah i mean i think it's i think it's the lucha part of it yeah because those guys all are the same they all stay like this forever too
2: yeah so all right but that but you like the match right so i guess yeah no, this
1: one was really fun too
2: yeah so there you go so let's get into the fan vote Triple H versus the Eugene, the
1: <laughs> Gene. The Gene himself.
2: September 6, 2004. Uh, Kevin, you told me this was on SmackDown, but it was actually on Raw. So I have to call you out for that, first of all.
1: That is my bad. You did watch the Steel Cage match, just to be sure, right?
2: Uh, I did watch
1: one. Oh, what? yeah, the Steel
2: Cage match. Okay, I just, yeah.
1: wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure that we saw the right one, because I would make you pause it and go watch I mean, the right one now. But I this also- is... <laughs>
2: I also watched a very bizarre opening segment with Eric Bischoff to like happily saying his own nephew is going to get murdered. I don't know what happened exactly to set that up, but uh, I mean, look, how people don't know the Eugene backstory. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to explain this in 2021. Do
1: people just not know Eugene now. <laughs>
2: um, basically, for some reason, WWE called up Nick Dinsmore, who was a very solid wrestler in OVW at the time. And they were like, okay, your gimmick is that you're, because this is Vince, I'm sure Vince McMahon was like, I don't know if it's an idea or somebody pitched it to him, but he's like, God damn, <laughs> Eric Bischoff has a mentally handicapped nephew. Perfect. So yes, they oh, gave this Eric is Bischoff. the most shit ever. They gave Eric Bischoff a mentally handicapped nephew, um, probably because they thought that was really funny. And then he actually got over I mean, he did get over. You yeah, know, people
1: gimmick, liked the gene.
2: His whole gimmick was that he was like an idiot savant, basically. And, like, he would, you know, he's watched so many WWE matches that, like, he would just channel Hulk Hogan and do the leg drop or he'd channel the rock and do the rock bottom. Um, you, you know, it was a very offensive gimmick. I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree with me for saying that. Um, it got progressively more offensive especially like when they briefly tried to turn him heel and um, you know, he would yell, I'm special, like angrily. And like, I think he like confront, I think the heel turn was him confronting Maria yelling, you're going to give me a kiss. <laughs> like uh, while Jr. said something is very wrong with this young man. And I'm just like this. Yeah. This is very uncomfortable to watch. The heel turn only lasted a month. They only had the evil, uh, handicapped person for and by the way, at the time they had an evil handicapped person, uh, they were like sponsors of the special olympics, I think, <laughs> which I don't know how they got aware of that one. No one ever sent the special olympics, the uh,
1: the Eugene, no one ever got the Eugene tapes. I think one of the interesting things about Eugene is the actual dude is like a true believer in the gimmick. Oh, yeah, he still tries to do it.
2: The gimmick is incredibly offensive. I mean, almost... oh, yeah, you could
1: never do it anymore, it wow. would never get away now.
2: The referees, so it starts with the ref telling the scared man child to get in the cage, which is uh, very, very disturbing already. Uh, and this this point me here that Rod brought to you by Star Ocean till the end of time, which I don't Have you ever played that, Kevin? I never played that.
1: I have not. No, I don't know what that is.
2: It's a fucking like Squaresoft RPG. It's, it's always funny that Rod was brought to you by this fucking Squaresoft sci fi RPG. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say about this match. <laughs> Eugene gets some early offense on Hunter that honestly looks awful, um, and then King is amazed. The Jerry the King Waller is amazed that Eugene understands he has to escape the cage when he goes to the door. But that kind of makes no sense because I thought the, I thought the big part of this entire gimmick was that he watched his entire character as he's watched like a million WWF matches. So
1: I think could, that was it at the start, but at this point, I think they just like made him stupid.
2: Okay. So I think they,
1: I think they kind of not that they dropped it, but I think they realized that uh, people in 2004 really liked laughing at the at the slow gimmick, and kind of just leaned into that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I looked at the cage match, and he, so he gets destroyed here. I mean, that's pretty much.
1: This is like this head, is like the meanest thing I've ever seen.
2: So go ahead, describe it.
1: It's just cruel. They just beat the shit out of him for like ten minutes.
2: Yeah. I mean, they bloody him really badly. So you have to watch this again. This character who's like a handicapped man-child with bleeding a fucking gusher, and you're just like, it's it is honestly uncomfortable to watch. It's like this poor fucking guy. Like if you're if you're watching this, like I, you know he's not actually mentally handicapped. So you can you can separate that, I guess. But like if you watch it for what it's supposed to be, it is incredibly disturbing.
1: Yeah, but this was like people. People loved this at the time. What? <laughs> yeah, no. What? Part, it, this was over.
2: Okay. Well, no. The crowd. The crowd stops reacting at some point. I mean, they start trying to chant for Eugene here and there, but they go silent. And this is not. This is not like 2020 WWE, where like the crowd goes silent all the time. I mean, they go really quiet during the middle of this during the Hunter beatdown. So I thought it was. I I actually thought it was uncomfortable for them too for a little bit.
1: No, I mean, it definitely was, but they like, they were into Eugene at the start is the weird thing. Like, people were... They really wanted him to come in, but they just did this just... Like, this is... I don't even know if this is, like, a Triple H sniffing out the guy getting two over in front of him deal, like it usually is with him, or if it was just him deciding, like, this guy's getting any cheers, I need to completely ruin him.
2: Yeah.
1: But I mean, he, he just... He- he, he has, like, malice for Eugene that even for him, you really never see in anybody.
2: I mean, he he was programmed with this guy pretty much for months before this, so I don't know. Like, I mean, there's this whole long gimmick where he, like, buddied up to him and was, like, using him, and then they blew it off at SummerSlam with Hunter beating him. You know, there's only a few weeks before this, and I don't know if Hunter just decided, you know, because obviously he was pretty much booking Raw at this point, and I don't know if he just decided, like, well – I'm, I'm kind of resentful all of a sudden that I was booked with this character, so I'm gonna just destroy him.
1: But. Yeah, they were really mean to like the actual Eugene guy, and like I said with Eugene, he is a like true, true believer in the gimmick. Like yeah. he thinks you uh, Nick Tamora is his name, right? It's something De- close to that. De- Dinsmore. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks this shit is genius. Yeah. There's even like there's a commentary over this on youtube with him doing it and like even he doesn't think it's like that cruel but i feel like anyone else who watches this think this is like the cruelest shit they've ever done yeah it's not it's definitely not the most offensive thing it's not even the most offensive triple h thing obviously there's a more glaring one but he was never i don't know he's just so cruel like it feels like he's really trying to beat up eugene yeah and it and not like the guy that's playing the Eugene character,
2: yeah. And this is all to get him heel heat to build him and Randy Orton on the on, I think six days later, which is like that. That fu- and then he beats Orton, like a month after he became the youngest world champion of all time. It's like, okay, he really just could do whatever the fuck he wanted, so yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's a lot but yeah, he I mean, had to
1: slum it yeah i guess he had to he figured he had to slum it up with eugene for a few months so yeah so he, now he, he's just gonna win the title
2: yeah uh so he, he he like hits the pedigree but instead of pinning him he just goes back or leaving the cage he goes back in to keep assaulting him he gives him like this arm breaker thing he leaves the cage and then he goes back and assaults him some more at the cage door and that's pretty much it. Now, this comes off like a blow off of Eugene, but he lasts like three more years after this.
1: Like, yeah, Eugene like- lasted a while. And then even after they fired Eugene, like, they did keep trying more Eugenes after that.
2: What do you mean? Like, give an example.
1: Um, Festus was basically Eugene. Best, 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 um,
2: Great Cal- you could argue maybe the Great Collie is a baby face was kind of like Sort that.
1: of, but that was more racist than it yeah. was, like... Anti mentally handicapped, mentally handicapped people. Um, who is the other guy? I'm missing. There's another one, and I've talked about him recently that I can't think. But like, obviously Festus was right after that.
2: Yeah, Festus was definitely like the same kind of. Which
1: is yeah, Festus is these like identical stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: and they did it with the one other guy. I can't remember. It wasn't Midian. Hmm. If
2: kind
1: I of... remember it again, I'll say it. But I know okay. they like Vince kept coming. This is clearly an archetype that Vince found funny. Yeah. But Eugene lasted, like, you would think Eugene would be one of those things that was, like, a year terrible mistake that they try and erase from their history, but it lasted years.
2: Yeah, I mean, he comes, so he comes back, he is off a of TV for, like, a month, and I looked it up on CageVest because I was curious, and he comes back with, basically, to do a tag team with William Regal, who was, like, his protector, I guess, during this whole time, and they win the tag titles, and I guess then he gets hurt, and Tajiri replaces him. And then, you know, at some point they do the heel turn. I think the heel turn is 2006, which is, again, like the heel turn and the very brief heel run was some of the most offensive stuff they ever put on television probably. Like, even they got away from that for like a month. They were like, okay, this is fucked up even for us.
1: And yeah, they, that, they, last, that didn't last at all for them. And like, yeah. they think they about their standards.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they turn him back. And then I guess he – I think he's gone by like 07. So – uh, festus and yeah i don't know who the other one is hide and maybe is that this, um,
1: what you think uh, sort of actually honestly yeah sort of but that's not what i was thinking <laughs> okay. but that that does sort of track <laughs> uh
2: so yes wwe everybody very uh,
1: very bad very like just meeting of a very despicable minds
2: yeah, I mean, you you lived up to the podcast name with this pick. I mean, there's really almost nothing redeeming about this. It's it's uncomfortable to watch. It's not very fun. It's there's nothing interesting really. It's just Hunter squashing him and making him bleed and throwing him in the cage and then it's over.
1: Again, I can't say it's the worst Triple H match because of the obvious real worst Triple H match. Yeah, nothing was... he no, he never did anything like just straight up in the ring as mean as this. This was like cruel.
2: Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a great way to end the show, I guess. Uh, do you want to go ahead and unless you want to talk about attack on Titan? First.
1: Um, I think we, I think we basically, we anyone who would care would know what we were talking about earlier. I think, right?
2: Yes, I think so.
1: And anyone so, who wouldn't care, like, wouldn't stay to listen to it anyway. So I think we, I think we got it out.
2: Yeah. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me the plug, the big plug for the Bad Wrestling Podcast?
1: Uh, yeah, make sure you listen to that. It's on Twitter at Bad Rest Podcast. I believe, if I'm wrong, I'm sure it'll be right in the description of this. I, I don't know how quick your turnaround is. What'd you say? Wrestling
2: wrestling would not fit for you either.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. But um <laughs> I don't know how quick your turnaround is on this, so I don't know what the most recent episode is. It's either gonna be episode fifty, which is gonna be on Vince Mc Inring Vince McMahon, which uh, it or it's gonna be on the Texas Indies, or it's gonna be about Chicago radio host Man Cow's appearance in WCW. So I'm not really sure which is gonna be the one.
2: So this, goes up, this one to go up tonight, as in Saturday the 18th? Or is oh, tomorrow? then
1: it's still The Undertaker vs. Kane SmackDown um, 2011. So if you like hearing people shit on WWE TV, uh, I'm technically on it, but I'm AFK for about an hour for something I had to do. But Chris and my co-host and our guest, Connor, are in on that one pretty deep. And I'm there for the first half of it, too. Okay.
2: so Undertaker, So it's still The Undertaker I 1 on that. I don't think I watched that feud in real time. Um, have you,
1: I, the one where the Undertaker is in a vegetative state and Kane has Yeah, to save him.
2: I mean, I heard about it, but I don't think I watched. It, it. is
1: very, it's very funny. But um, if you want to watch some real, if you want to watch some real stupid um, WWE talk, that's definitely the place to go. But all right. The, the next ones are the Texas Indies, which that one's really good. That one I had a lot of fun with. The Vince matches are almost all hilarious. like We have like Vince versus Brett and stuff on there, and those are all classics. And the Man Cow one we haven't recorded yet, but we're probably going to next week. That one's also going to be good.
2: All right. So, folks, uh, thank you as always for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omikase. As I mentioned, wrestling did not fit. And folks, if you want to vote in the poll, so if you really wanted to hear about Hunter and Kevin Nash instead of Hunter and Eugene, and you you're mad you didn't get to vote, we're going as long as these five matches thing goes, we're gonna have a poll every week. So at Russell Omikase, make sure you follow it, and you can vote in whatever that week's poll is. Either it's always my pick versus the other guy's pick. I'm now one and one because I I used Chris Benoit the Crippler to beat Joe Lanz's pick. Uh, crippler is
1: know. hot. The Crippler is a hot commodity right now. So
2: <laughs> I used you the de- Crippler to beat.
1: <laughs> but he up. couldn't top the gene
2: yeah but uh this week i tried to go with hunter and nash and as a counter for hunter and the gene and did not work but it got me fifty nine forty one was actually less than I expected to lose to you by so it wasn't all bad um but yes yeah, so next week my guest will be uh jojo Remy from formerly from the japan audio wrestling podcast i should say which is fun he'll be i mean he, he and i've known each other forever i met him for the first time in My first Japan trip in 2016, but we've never really had the time or the ability to have him on the podcast because he lives in Japan. So, you know, it's a it would have been a little bit difficult. But now, you know, nobody's gotta go anywhere in America or Japan, so we can make it work. So JoJo will be on next week. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of Japanese wrestling picks and stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh two weeks from now is gonna be Oak Gan. So somebody asked Oak Gan if he was gonna pick FIP and for me again and he he said no so who knows what he has you know
1: that he won our draft and then picked fip again
2: oh did he really yes (laughs) i totally forgot i didn't even know that
1: he won won the first one and uh he picked fip
2: (laughs) wow well
1: yeah the problem we got the ring announcer to come on for an interview i don't know if you listened to that one
2: i didn't hear that one but yeah he he basically um he has promised not to pick FIP again, so we'll see. But that's two weeks from now. I'm trying to plan these out every two weeks basically. I'm like New York, uh, pushing back the fucking state of state of emergency. My do you know that they keep doing that in two week increments? You live here, so you must know that.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I know they keep pushing it back. I kind of just assume that we're months away, so I don't really read the news like, there.
2: Why do they keep doing it in two increments? It's like, what is really going to change, bro, at this point? Like, we're still losing, like, hundreds of people a day. I mean, like, you'd think you'd want to just say, yeah, it's going to be through May at least. But right now, right now, the, officially, we might reopen New York State on May 15th. I, I fucking doubt it. But that's officially the next day. So.
1: I don't think that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I don't either. I think it's going to be, like, fucking June.
1: But I is, think it's gonna be even in New York. I think we're gonna like be like, a, I think soft, we're gonna be even later.
2: Okay, I, I I mean like a very soft reopening, like in stages. I think maybe they'll try something in June.
1: But yeah, maybe know. they will. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's getting much better.
2: But yeah. So anyway, I'm glad we depressed everybody at the end here. But hey, wrestling overcast, we'll be here all the whole time. I'm stuck in my house. What the fuck else do I have to do but watch these old wrestling matches? So thank you as always for listening.